0: Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyford to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management.
1: And me, Eimear Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer.
0: So if you're confused about social media
1: or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on
0: Let's Get Social.
1: So, Mr. Twyford, how did that Friday come round so quick? Do you know what? what? I am just like On the days are just blending into the next days. And... I cannot believe I'm mentioning the H word.
0: I know. It's incredible, isn't it? Halloween. The H word.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you read my mind. Um, yeah. The kids uh, want to go trick-or-treating, but I'm wondering how that would work, you know, with social distancing. It's a really
0: interesting point. I don't, think, I don't think anyone has really thought about it yet. Like I would imagine if, if parents allow their kids go out to go and do trick-or-treating, I'd say we'll see lots of ninjas and maybe doctors and nurses with masks, maybe Zorro. Remember all Zorro? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might be making no, no. Um,
1: you
0: know the <laughs> the Lone Ranger. Am I showing my age here? Emer? I obviously <laughs> am. will <laughs> see yeah.
1: uh, I just I was <laughs> gonna say, um I was waiting for you to say, Emir, you'll have your broomstick with you probably. But um we won't go there. Uh but I well, I need wondering- to wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> i t- I resemble that oh. Oh. comment <laughs> tell me that was the joke of the day, was it
0: no unfortunately, there's gonna be a further uh lay down of of awful stuff which comedy you know, uh, no i do yeah. no no yeah. That, that was that yeah, was a yeah, call yeah. that was a low blow you know?
1: oh yeah 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 well we we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll' we'll see you later as they say um but, uh, yeah, no, I'm just uh, thinking, like, you know, I'm sure people would be out there with, like, their six-foot poles, you know, walking along with the kids going, like, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, you know, that way, so... Yeah.
0: Uh, no, no, it's, it's a very valid point, because, um, mm. you know, my kids still trick-or-treat. Um so mine. So, I suppose, yeah, I wouldn't have to think about that one.
1: You mm. might
0: have to get one of those, you know, those... Uh, Claws that people hold, you know, when they're picking up rubbish. You know, the sticks, the claw sticks.
1: Ah, oh, you know? yeah. Maybe that's one of those. I just have
0: the kids stand at the door and <laughs> and hold out the stick and <laughs> do some of that. Maybe you know. So uh, it could
1: be a few pickpockets by the end of the evening. But anyway, yeah, never, you never know. Yeah, um, but watch your wallet. um most so, um, yeah, so anyway, talking how fast that week went, like um, I am have to say our last uh, show with Jerry Potter, who I love. I love uh, the way he, you know, his videos kind of get across the message so easily and simply and yeah. don't confuse, you know?
0: Yeah, and I suppose that's what we try and do with the Let's Get Social Show as well is present social media in an easy friendly um, and not too kind of complex way that business can take away actionable points after they listen yeah. to each episode. So, uh, and I suppose speaking of maybe some tips or tools, um, something that I've been kind of starting to use uh, for businesses who want to get more into YouTube mm. is um, is a very good tool called uh, Buddy.
1: Yeah, um, sure, we had um Rob, I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's name. Balasabas,
0: come on, mm. you can practice this, haven't you?
1: <laughs> I just call him Rob Balabala, Balabala, you know yeah, that. Um, yeah, he doesn't yeah. mind, he doesn't mind, he's still talking to me. Um yeah. So anyway, his show was, God, a, a few months ago, so guys, go check it out if you want to hear more about TubeBuddy, but Philip's going to no doubt tell it in your own way, what do you like about TubeBuddy?
0: Yeah. Like, like YouTube is one of those things, you know, you can get very easily discouraged. You put up a video and you get no mm. view, maybe one view. And what TubeBuddy helps you do is actually drill into some of the, the key intricacies with, say, your YouTube video from keywords. Yeah. Are you tagging your video properly? Have you got a, a proper thumbnail? Um, and, you know, for a very small cost each month, it's about, say, 4 or $5 a month. You get a real robust way to actually really improve the chances your video Mm. Profile shares, et cetera, can be, uh, can be increased. So definitely, but the free,
1: the free version's not bad.
0: No, the free version gets you to a certain point, but as I said, for $4 a month, it uh, gives you exponentially a lot more more uh, solutions. So uh, I would definitely recommend people check it out. Mm. So,
1: checking, uh, talking checking out, can I check, check
0: out now? <laughs> you, uh, yeah, no, you, you've got to stay put now. Anyway, um, because, yes, the social media joke today is one that I'm quite proud of. There is a tie-in with today's show. I will hold my hand up and once again apologize to our guest because it is really brutal, this joke. But uh, but hey, okay. are you ready for it? Will I lay it on you?
1: I'm never ready for these, but go ahead. <laughs> you know. Okay.
0: Who in history has been the most connected US president?
1: Well, I'm not going to say this is a joke, but I don't think the one at the moment is. But don't shoot me anyone, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> non- non-political. No. Um, <laughs> Will I give you the answer? Yes, do. Okay. Abraham Lincoln.
1: Oh. It
0: is truly oh.
1: awful. <laughs> I've, I've just put my head on the table for that. Oh. <laughs> what do you do with your time?
0: I don't know. Obviously nothing, you know, so I need to... Maybe... Oh, I'll
1: tell you, I don't ever think I'll ever be ready for it, for the next one. <laughs> that, was God. that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, really, really bad. bad. And yeah, yeah. as I would always say to everybody... If you find today's social media joke ever engaging and would like more of them, no comment. Um, Are you in luck? You are in luck. Are you in luck? Yes, you are in luck. You can catch Philip's previous social media jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to our podcast, which is out every week after the show on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify and the Dublin South FM website. So do go check the jokes out,
0: please do. Um, but yes, today you know we are once again we're we're joined by a special guest, and you know we are thrilled. I'm personally thrilled uh, to be joined by someone that I have uh, admired and followed on social media for uh, quite a long time. Um, we're joined today by Melanie Dodaro and Melanie is a globally renowned entrepreneur, marketer, business leader very much in-demand keynote speaker, a best-selling author, and an expert authority on all things LinkedIn. And her specialty is leveraging LinkedIn to attract high-quality clients On demand. And Melanie has taught the art and science of social selling to more than 27,000 individuals, companies, and government agencies before the term was even coined. She's also the author of uh, multiple international number one best selling books, including The LinkedIn Unlocked, and is also the creator of Cracking the LinkedIn Code Program, the gold standard for online training. So, all I can say is welcome to Let's Get Social, Melanie Dodaro
2: thanks so much
0: for having me. Great, sorry for the joke.
1: (laughs) I loved it.
0: (laughs) Well you can use that (laughs) Melanie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No don't, don't. We wouldn't want to ruin your reputation. (laughs) Don't do it, don't do it. (laughs) Um, So Melanie, um, it's brilliant to have you here with us. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Before we kick off, we always ask our guests what their opinion of our social media comedian is. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know what? He's first rate in my opinion. <laughs> I
0: like it. That's cool. Uh,
2: <laughs> another fan, Philip. Another mm. fan.
0: Makes two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two fans. That's- well, that's all, that's all good. That's all good. Yes. Um, so Melanie, I suppose before we kick off, I did actually, um, I did want to uh, give you a, a public thank you here on our radio show because back in 2016, I don't know if you remember this, but I kind of reached out to you to see, would you kindly do a testimonial for my very first ebook, which was how to create a digital marketing strategy. And you came back with a, a lovely uh, testimonial that really helped me uh, get my, my I suppose, my inspiration to continue on. So I suppose I just wanted the public to say thank you so much for your support in those early days, as they say. So, uh, um, Oh,
2: that's wonderful. Yeah, I you know I remember you, Philip, so well because you have such an amazing, friendly you know style, and I, I'm a big fan of all things Irish. By the way, so yes. when I ah. went to Ireland the first time, I was like, oh my god, these are the nicest people on the planet. Yes, we She's are. She's charming. She's charming us up already.
1: I like us.
2: But you you did, you truly do amplify that. You know, just the friendliness and in your demeanor and social and. How you approach things and you approach things very much from you know a relationship driven uh, mm. mindset. And it's one of the reasons why I said yes to this podcast when I've said no to about, 30 podcast requests over the last couple of months. Oh, wow. And well, thank I know. you so much. Thank you wow. so Wow. It's relationships, right? You know, we yep. don't, we haven't met face to face, but I feel like I know you.
0: So you'll be refusing my calls after that joke, <laughs> though, probably. Yeah, that will be. <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: a very good actor. <laughs>
0: Um, Like, I suppose, obviously, Melanie, you know, it's great to have you on the show. Um, There's a number of businesses that listen to our radio show and obviously catch the podcast as well. They're always looking for kind of help and advice and guidance. And I suppose today we were very keen to dive into that world of lead generation when it comes to LinkedIn, something that you are fantastic at. And I suppose the term social selling, you know, would you have to tell the listeners and ourselves, you know, what does it refer to? What does it mean as far as you're concerned? concerned.
2: You know, the term social selling uh, very much is not the right language because the term selling, you know, c- conveys a message in people's mind that they're supposed to send out these messages pitching and selling on LinkedIn mm-hmm. or any other social platform. And truly that doesn't work. And so I always said, you know, forget about the term social selling. What social selling is, is relationship building. Yeah. And if you get rid of that selling language, you'll approach social selling so much better and so much more effectively.
1: So in other words, you know, it's, as you say, there's no salesy talk. There's no, um, you know, the way sometimes you get a LinkedIn request and you connect with the person and then all of a sudden you get this ream of sales oriented text in front of you and you go, oh, they just want to connect to sell to me. Exactly.
2: There should be no selling in social selling. <laughs> yeah, but, you yeah. know, social selling when done right, you know, it can be very strategic. And, and I think that one of the problems is, is there's I've always said that there's you know, a few different types of social media users. There's the sales pitcher, the people that go in full on for the sales mm. pitch right away. Mm-hmm. There's the ghost, the people that, uh, and I'm, I'll am use LinkedIn as the example here because that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, the ghost on LinkedIn is the person who sets up a profile, maybe connects with the odd person here and there, but never does any follow-up, never has a conversation with them. And they kind of wonder that they, they say to themselves that, you know, LinkedIn is not very effective because I don't get any business from it. Mm. But they're just magically expecting that a profile is going to generate business, and it doesn't. If you're not going to have conversations, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. There's a a third type of user that also doesn't get very much business from LinkedIn, and these are the social media people, like the people that really like social media. And so they engage, and they engage, and they have conversations, um, but they never move those conversations offline and ultimately don't convert a lot of business. Mm. And so the one that, you know, the one that I talk about and I'm I'm happy to share some of these uh, things today is the fourth user, which is a very, very rare breed and it's the strategist and the strategist knows how to start conversations, build some rapport, add some value and position an offline conversation where in the B2B world, that's where you're going to convert a prospect to a client and nobody's going to get on a phone call with you if you've been sales pitching them the whole way.
0: Yeah, it's very true. Like, like I kind of, we would, we would see it a lot ourselves, myself and Emer, you know, when we accept people's connection requests, there's still a quite high amount of people who will kind of suddenly start blasting you with direct messages or even they've got your email and it's sell, sell, sell. And and even the proliferation of even the amount of connection requests you still get where they're not personalized, and, true. You, know, you know, and it's always a, the case of exactly as you said, Melanie, use the platforms, not just LinkedIn, but right across the social platforms to always kind of, I suppose, bring value, but to work on building the relationship, a genuine relationship that may eventually down the line, turn into something actually really remarkable as such.
1: Absolutely. I was going to say, even before you connect, as you say, Philip, they don't uh, put a message in and I get, I have about six or seven sitting in my inbox and the minute. Um, mm. And I haven't replied back to any of them. I haven't connected yet because I'm thinking, hmm, do they really want to connect with me just because they want to build a relationship or are they just building up their connections or are they just scope me so that then they can sell to me? Um, so what I do then is I, I would maybe connect with them and I'd send them a message and see if they reply back. And if they don't, then I know, well, that was just, I'm just another number to them. Yep, That so, makes sense. And it's no relationship then. So, um, what do you do in that case and do you just remove that connection or do you just ignore it or?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, at the end of the day, we all have to determine our own goals and objectives for using LinkedIn and how we're going to use it and, you know, what we want out of our, our network. Some people want their network to be very tight and close and they, they want only people that they know and other people understand that you know by widening your network you're widening your opportunities and yes uh, they're good they're good with that but little, you know think about a CEO of a large organization for example or any high level executive you know they don't want a whole bunch of people connected to them on LinkedIn you know mm-hmm. they might enable that yeah. follower button and let people follow them especially if they're posting. Uh, public posts, but they don't want a whole bunch of people connected to them. So we have to each decide how we're using LinkedIn and, and you know, what our goal and objective is and uh, and then decide how you're going to approach, you know, connection requests from strangers. But, you know, you bring up a, a great point where you were talking about the personalization uh, of the connection request itself. You know, there's one question that goes through people's mind many people's mind, not all of them, because some people are totally open to accepting anybody, <clears throat> but most people's mind that you know maybe aren't just quite that open. Uh, and that's, who is this person and why are they trying to connect with me?
1: And yes. so the goal
2: yeah. of the connection request should really answer that question in their mind. Now, the problem is, is that most people make their connection requests I mean, some go full on sales pitch right in their connection request. Fastest way to get ignored. <laughs> Fastest way. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But other people make their connection requests all about themselves. You know, I, I got connection requests from people sending me a little mini bio <laughs> or, uh, you know, whatever it is <laughs> that, they, that, that they want. And at the end of the day, mm. uh, the, the goal is to really make your connection request about the person you're connecting with they're much more likely mm-hmm. to accept it. And at the end of the day, the only goal of a connection request is to get them to accept. People try to create multiple goals and objectives in a single message and it's not possible. No. You can't you know, send no. a connection request, have somebody accept it, also sell them in it or, or arrange a phone call. Like, these are just too many things. you got to slow down the sale to speed it up.
1: Yeah. It's a bit like you, you don't yeah. go into a bar when you can get into a bar, but when you don't go into a bar and stand up beside somebody and go, oh, buy from me, or here's something for you. And you know, and it's like, hold on a second. That's a bit OTT. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when it comes to say a business owner, right, um, how would you best suggest that they find their ideal prospects through LinkedIn and then how's best to engage with them?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing is to be very clear on who your ideal prospects are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more clarity that you have, uh, the easier it's going to you know, be able to find them. Um, but the other thing, too, is there's certain people that you're not going to be able to find. So, like, for example, if you're a spiritual coach, as an example, and, and you're mm-hmm. looking for somebody who might be interested in spiritual coaching, well, that's going to be really darn hard. Right, yeah, yeah. but if you are, uh, you know, a business coach and you work with financial advisors, well, that's going to be super easy to find. Or you work with uh, real estate agents, or you work with anybody that can be easily identified on LinkedIn. Yeah, even like if you're a personal trainer, well, how do you know who wants to work out? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're able to identify who your ideal clients are on LinkedIn. Um, there's a number of different search parameters, and they make that really easy to find them. But you know, you need to be able to to be able to find them based on some business objectives versus personal uh, objectives. Uh, who's into fitness? Well, an executive that's into fitness that might hire a personal trainer probably doesn't mention anything about fitness in his profile.
0: It's almost like you need to kind of maybe delve. Like what well, I know, what I've done, and kind of in the past and would continue to do so that if i do find someone that i'm interested to connect with i might look at their previous posts and see if there anything to mm. get any sort of a flavor of what they might be interested in or what they're talking about um as well as their profile because you're right you don't get the full kind of identity from the profile but maybe from some stuff that they've commented on or shared or posted you kind of further delve into um like to give you a very good example, um, I recently started to work with a with a new client, and it was never mentioned in his profile. But he also has a love of dogs, and has a similar breed of dog to what I have. Wow! Um, and put up a post just about taking time off from LinkedIn, going with my dog, had a picture of the dog and it was a wonderful way to create rapport because suddenly we've got the same dog and have you (laughs) experienced these sort of problems? I certainly have. Oh, sure. Let's get connected. And actually it was something to talk about, you know, so.
2: Absolutely. um, And and those are the things that you do once you've, you know, refined a search. So you've done a search on an advanced search on LinkedIn and, you know, you've got a number of different people that show up in that search and, Mm. Um, and then you want to just take a moment to take a peek at their profile and see how can you really customize that connection request so that so that they're open and so that they feel like you've actually taken a moment to learn about them before you submit the connection request that you are not just at random hitting yeah. connect connect connect.
0: Yeah, and and I suppose kind of just kind of to move on from that sort of point, Melanie. Um, Say for example, there is a business and they get the whole idea of yes personalize that connection request, you know, make it personal, be relationship driven. Um is there a sort of a in your opinion or what you've seen works you sent out that particular connection request. Um potentially that person might connect. Would you see then that they should have some sort of a strategic sort of, I suppose, follow through. So the response for say thanking for the connection should be personalized, but sort of is bringing value just to try not selling but bringing say further value, and that over a period of it might be a week or a month or a quarter that they start to keep engaged with that new connection until maybe there is a time to see could they take something offline like what would your your thoughts be on that sort of that chain of conversation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great question. It's one of the things that I teach. I call it the link method. Uh, And so the first step of that is to find your prospect. So, you know, doing an advanced search on LinkedIn, the second step is to connect with them through a personalized connection request, making it all about them, not about you. Um, Then the next message after that is to basically thank them, as you mentioned, for connecting, but it's Mm. to engage in dialogue. And it's, you know, just to start a little bit of uh, of a conversation, a real, real simple and easy to answer question, perhaps, like for you, exa- the example that you provided, Philip, you know, yep. mentioning the dog, um, oh, I have a dog too. You know, you, you could ask, you could ask a question simply, oh, how old is your dog? Or, you know, how long yeah. have, you, uh, have, yeah. have you, you know, how long have you had him? It's just to start a, a really, really, really light conversation. Mm. Um, and then my recommendation, and I don't recommend this, you know, three, four five months later, because that becomes the social butterfly. Yeah. The person who's engaging and engaging and engaging and never moving the conversation offline. So it's, it's this delicate balance of moving the conversation forward not taking forever to do it, but not doing it too quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they engage in a little bit of a dialogue with you with a light, easy to answer question. And then about a week later, you send a message that uh, has the entire purpose to add value. Yeah. Um, you know, so looking at how you might be able to add value to them. It might be a content resource that you mentioned to them. It might be uh, something that you noticed. I've had people that have, you know, gone onto my website and said, hey, you know, Melanie, I noticed that you have um, this particular issue here. I'm a, a tech person and I saw that. I'd be happy to fix that for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like perfect example of adding value, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, or, yeah. hey, I just ran this report because I noticed this thing on your website and uh, I thought I'd send it over to you. I hope this is helpful for you. I mean, those are just examples of ways to add value. Sure. There's just many ways to add value. Um, and then after you've kind of, build some rapport, you've added value. Then another message, you know, a little bit down the road a week later, a couple weeks later, then what you want to do is you really want to position that phone call because the goal and the objective, if you're selling any kind of B2B service is to move that conversation offline. Mm. And so, but in order to do that, you can't just say, Hey, you know, I get these messages all the time. Oh, let's collaborate. I'm like, I'm so not interested in collaborating. I don't want to collaborate. I have <laughs> not know collaborate. <laughs> I know what collaborate means. I'm going to help you. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you know, it's really about uh, positioning a phone call, but to their benefit. Mm.
1: Yeah. You know.
2: You know, so as an example, that person who sent me something that, you know, maybe saw a little technical issue on my website that they could fix, they could then say, hey, Melia, I'd love to just jump on a quick call with you because I have an idea um, that for your website that I think will really enhance the SEO. Mm. And if it makes sense for a longer conversation after that, then we can, we can do that. But, yeah. you know, you're positioning it to their benefit, yeah. not saying, hey, I want to have a call to sell you my
1: services. Okay, yeah. so what happens if you go back and you say no to them? Then, you know, what do you do then? Then you're
2: going to nurture them. So then it'll be that longer process of, you know, watching what they do online, commenting on their stuff, getting on their radar, getting them to recognize your name um, and and start to establish a little bit of a relationship and then go in, and, you know, two or three months later. And
0: Try again. See, maybe Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
0: That's the old so, you know, you're
2: not going to do that with everybody, right? It's like, true. you, you know, yep. you need to find the ones that... And it might be you might right there decide, hey, this isn't a prospect. This isn't a viable prospect, or it's not somebody that I'd want to work with, and just mm. you know, and then not engage because you can't spend your entire day engaging with people on
1: social media. You won't. Yeah.
2: You won't have a business
1: if you do that. Mm. So yeah, it's that's... like dip it in, in the morning, maybe just after lunch, and maybe towards the end of the day, and see what kind of reaction you've got. Um, you know well Zoom.
2: i mean i i, I mean it, that depends That depends on mm. what your business is and how much time you're planning on uh, you know mm. dedicating to to social because I, what because, your you goals could be, are.
1: because you could have other platforms to deal with as well so exactly. you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you know you go and have a sneak peek at somebody's bio right um on our profile i'm uh, Saying, you know, because I just thought I was doing Instagram this morning, so I'm thinking bio. Um, But, um, you know, it's important to have a LinkedIn profile that really stands out. So, what mistakes do you see people kind of making and what should they be doing with their profile?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, your profile really does need to stand out because, you know, as we were talking about the goal of the connection request, request is to get them to accept. Well, if the your profile doesn't impress, quite often that alone will make them not accept. Right, so uh, it's really important to have a profile that conveys your professionalism, that you know stands out, that looks good, and also is client focused. So it speaks to the people, the, the type of people that you help, and how you help them. You know, if you I've gone online and looked for copywriters a few times. Um, and so I've gone on LinkedIn and just typed in copywriter. And I've come across a number of different profiles. And I'll tell you, not one of those copywriters had good copy in their profile. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, not contacting this one, not contacting this one. Yeah. Um, you know, and so many marketers have lousy profiles too. If you're a marketer, shouldn't you understand how to market and market yeah. yourself, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I mean, like what you're offering them, you know, you, maybe as you say, it's like, who is your ideal customer and how can you solve their problem and, and have something mm. that says that right off the bat?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, just as very, you know, it's well, well written, you know, there's no mistakes and, and basically isn't bio-ish or resume-ish, CV-ish, right? Some, some yeah. people, you know, they just think that they're, and then this is a, a long held misconception of LinkedIn because in the early days of LinkedIn, um, there was, it was very much, you know, kind of a resume platform, a job seeking platform, hmm. um, and that's changed a lot. LinkedIn's changed dramatically over the years.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, like, like we would still see, and I'm sure you see a little, Melanie, where people have as their job title, looking for new opportunities.
1: Mm-hmm. You're,
0: kind of go, you're kind of going, why would you do that? <laughs> like, it <laughs> doesn't know, make sense to me, you know? So. No.
2: Well, absolutely. Because you know what? It kind of screams desperation, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah and the most the most attractive person you know for a business is somebody who's already got a job now yeah. obviously if you're unemployed you know y- you need you need to put yourself out there um but don't don't do it in a way that kind of screams desperation
0: yeah very much so cuz i suppose like i it'd be fair to say melanie even with things like say the keywords within that sort of that, that titling area, you know, you could put in, if you are, say, in between jobs or maybe you have a predictor of expertise, maybe potentially putting in some keywords around that expertise that at least if someone is doing a search, your profile may pop up as opposed to just kind of, listen, I'm looking for a new career or something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Your
2: profile should definitely have, uh, the keywords that you want to be found for. Uh, that's really important because like I was saying, you know, I was looking for a copywriter and doing some searches and, you know, people were showing up, but none of them were impressing me. So, you know, there is times, uh, that people are going to do searches and, and that you want to be found. Although, you know, I think it's, it's not something you want to rely on because there's better ways to have more predictable lead generation and that's by being proactive so doing you know what I was talking about the link method so finding them Mm. connecting with them Mm. engaging in dialogue with them adding some value and then positioning that offline conversation right yeah Um, moving that conversation offline that's how you're going to generate business from LinkedIn not sitting around and passively waiting for people to find you so don't be
1: shy (laughs) get out there
0: No, absolutely. Uh, and like you're right, Melody, like, like LinkedIn really has as a platform, uh, like has, really exp- has become a real riching ground for, um, for many businesses, like kind of it's one of my favorite platforms now um, mm. to really engage with people. Um, obviously LinkedIn as well has upped their game with what they have changed uh, with say the functionality. And there's a lot more content now being put up on LinkedIn and obviously in some parts of the world you can get LinkedIn Live and all of this and native video. Um, is there a particular type of content? I know obviously it's specific to each industry, but it, you know, is there a particular type of content strategy or kind of content you feel that a business should focus on to position themselves better on LinkedIn with their target audience, would you think?
2: Yeah, so this year LinkedIn introduced a new change to their algorithm and it's called Dwell Time. And so posts uh, that people spend more time dwelling on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right, reading, are more likely to show up more often in the newsfeed to more people. And the only way to increase dwell time on a post is for the post to be long. Right, if it's one sentence or two sentences and people can skim it and read it in a second, well, the dwell time mm. will be very short and LinkedIn will show less of it. So, longer mm. posts are better, text based posts do very well. Um, mm. you know, LinkedIn has historically not been a fan of links, linking, you yeah. know, to, to mm. different posts. Yeah. The dwell time algorithm was supposed to. They say that they are no longer uh, penalizing against links, but I don't believe that because I haven't seen evidence of that. Um, And it makes sense. Facebook is the same way. You know, they don't like people sending traffic off of their site. Yeah. Uh, So it's iffy. Um, but one of the things that's really increasing dwell time is the document feature. So when you share a status update on LinkedIn, you can add a you know text based post. You can add a graphic. Mm-hmm. You can add a video. Upload a native video, um, and you can also upload a document. Mm-hmm. Well, document displays almost like a. Um, slide presentation, because if it's many pages, Mm. uh, it shows up really big. So it takes up lots of space in the newsfeed. And then Mm. you can click the little arrow to go from one page to the next. And the dwell time on documents massively increases. So every single time I use a document, I upload a document on LinkedIn, I see about... That's how you know I'm Canadian because that's at the about. (laughs) About,
0: Yeah, (laughs) Irish Canadian, Melanie. Uh, Irish Canadian, -Canadian.
2: Dutch, Danish, British, (laughs) (laughs) living in Holland. (laughs) 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 Um, no, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? Documents, (laughs) we're documenting. Yes. Yes. Oh, I was saying the increase. Um, I I see about, there we go. There we go again. It's okay. I I see about two to five times, so 200 to 500% more views when I upload a document.
1: Mm, that's very oh, wow. interesting, actually, because I used to think yeah. people get
2: busy and then they just scroll through. But ah, maybe- this is a misconception that we all have with content. People yeah. always think that shorter is better and shorter has never been better because shorter has no substance to it. Mm. right? You think about a blog post, even Google. Google doesn't like blog posts unless they're a minimum of 1,700 words. Yeah. You're not going to rank in Google um, mm. for search if you have a short content because they know... The short content is light and substance. Right. And also, it, you know, if you're going to be teaching something or sharing something, the longer it is, the meatier you're going. Now, sometimes people can fill up a long blog post with a lot of fluff, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it's time spent on page. So that's what Google is. And that's exactly what dwell time is. It's time spent on post. Mm. Right. So, um, yeah. And of course, video, native video is also will increase the the dwell time. Yes. Um, but yeah, even just a, if it's just a text based post, LinkedIn allows you to have 1300 characters in a post. I try to max out that 1,300 characters as often as I can. Right.
1: Yeah, and then you get to the point and then you go, I've got two characters less. What do I do? I'm yeah. over, you know, so you have oh, to go I'm, back
2: through it, you know. I'm um, constantly having to edit down to to go under the, you know,
1: because I've gone count. over the character count. Yeah. I think it's because us women talk too much. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> um. So, you know. Not truly, I'll talk to you later, Philip. Um, Okay. So so anyway, um, that's all well and good. You've made your your connection and you're trying to warm up your lead and everything else. um, And you're posting really good content. Um, We're all business owners and we all want new leads. So is there, and I'm not saying there is definitely, you know, one uh, plan of action does not fit all. But is there a process you can touch on to help business owners maybe get more strategic when it comes to generating leads with LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. Follow the link method, the five steps that I've talked about. And yeah. I understand that each
2: step has an individual goal, right? So the connection okay. request, you know, the goal of that is to get them to accept. That's it. Nothing True. else. Yeah. The goal of the message that happens after that is to get them to engage in a dialogue, start a conversation. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. And so be very laser focused on what the goal and the objective is. And the message after that, the goal is to add value to them. Nothing else. Not position your service. Not talk about yourself. Nothing. Just add value. And then the last uh, step is to move that conversation offline. That's the only goal. So position that phone call to be a value and benefit to them so that they agree. And get very, very clear on what the goal and objective is, is of every step and never deviate
1: from that. So in other words, you got to charm them up. Yeah. you got to warm them up. I always say charm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like, a, like, a, like a big, big, use a big water bottle in you know, a hot water bottle.
1: Yeah. I keep charming Philip, but it's not working. But anyway, hey, I, accepted
0: your con- I accepted your connection request, you know. So, hey, you know, you just keep bombarding me with all these cake recipes. And stuff,
1: yeah. You know. And you keep bombarding me with all these jokes, but we won't go there. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you're saying it's just, you know, the softly, softly, easygoing, you know, add value and, uh, hopefully they'll open the door and you get to have that virtual coffee.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of saying that I'm and I'm kind of not. So, um, because you know the softly softly is kind of okay, just engage and engage and engage and engage forever and, and hoping. It it's more strategic. It's mm. you know, have that specific goal for each step, warm them up through dialogue, add yeah. some value, position mm. the phone call. It's it's much more strategic and and it's not um softly 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 it's strategically 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 okay and also authentically right like yeah the way that you position the messages like for example the 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 ones that i get on a regular basis hey let, let's collaborate there's nothing strategic about that they, yeah. you know they oh. haven't said anything about me they haven't se- they don't know anything about me they just know that oh, this person has a much larger audience than me. Let's collaborate with her because huh, I can. I have some. I can, I'll have I can something de- to benefit, right? Yeah,
0: mm. yeah. And I think it'd be fair to say as well, Melanie, that you know when you are following a strategic process to generate leads and I suppose nurture a relationship, which mm-hmm. is following kind of core deadlines, I think business owners should also be able to be kind of uh, strict to say, listen, this person doesn't want to go any further so don't keep wasting time on i suppose flogging a dead horse if for a, mm. par- a better saying you know that you know that you know we've 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 gone through the process we've presented value but they're not going to go anywhere or it's just the time isn't right so now time to uh, move on uh, to the
2: next absolutely one. i mean anybody that's really you know shown you through that process that they are not an ideal prospect for you, let them go. No need to nurture, no need to have additional conversations. But on the other end, you know, there might be some people who are very much uh, uh, an ideal prospect that right now isn't the right time for them. They could have a whole bunch of things going on in their life. You know, they could be, uh, going through a divorce, they could be having some health challenges, they could be having, mm. you know, all kinds of different things could be happening that we don't know. Yeah. And so, you know, keeping them in your network and, and sharing some great content so that you stay top of mind with them. Maybe some will come, uh, come to you in the future, but the ones that, you know, you think that could be of interest, you mm-hmm. just reach back out to uh, a few months from now. Not, don't overdo it with, you know, too much. Just, uh, I always say, like, when, if you're going to nurture the ones that, you know, really didn't agree to a phone call because it wasn't the right time for them, mm-hmm. but they didn't shut the door on you. They didn't say, not at all interested. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. what I've been doing with everybody that's asking me for a podcast lately is uh, I've just been basically saying, you know what, now's not a good time for me. Check back with me in, in three months. I'm working on another book. And when my next book comes out, Um, I'll be open to accepting podcast requests. Sure. So I haven't shut the door on them. So they, you know, those people can come back to me if they want. And some of them won't bother because they've moved on and and that's okay. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, Um, you can't be, you can't be, as you say, you can't spread yourself too thin and and be answering to everybody, you know? Um, Yeah. 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 I've, I've
2: learned, yeah, that it's really important to say no a lot more than you say yes. Hmm. Because, You know, even for me, for example, I moved from Canada to Europe a few years ago. And so I still have a lot of uh, business in North America. And, you know, in the very beginning, when I first moved here, I I came from the West coast of Canada. So it was a nine hour time change from where I am in, in in central European time now. Hmm. And I would say yes to everybody who wanted to do phone calls with me at, you know, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. I did a podcast with Jay bear once uh, when I had just moved here. He had asked me to do a podcast and he, he he had said it at 4 PM and I thought it was 4 PM. My time, yeah. but it was 4 p.m. his time, oh, which was 11, 10 o'clock at night, my time. Oh, wow. And it was okay. It was Jay Bear. I love him. All good. But, you know, I just don't say yes to anything late anymore. Um, mm. I, I try not to work with people on the, the West Coast anymore yeah. because it's a nine hour time change. And if I do, my first question to them is how early do you wake up? And some people will say, Hey, Melanie, I'm an early riser. I can do a phone call at six o'clock. I'm like, perfect. That's my 3 PM. All very, good. Very you know? good. <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah. We, uh, we've done a couple of kind of interviews like that. Uh, myself and where it was like kind of six, seven o'clock at night and it might only be say ten, eleven o'clock.
1: And you're thinking What's, I want my dinner.
0: <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking that, Eamir. I was. <laughs> um, like Melanie uh, you know um, on your top dog social media website uh, which is brilliant As like your blog in particular is is very impressive and uh, you have uh, some great posts particularly on LinkedIn that I definitely advise our audience to check out but uh, there was a couple of posts uh, it was under your blog the the 17 LinkedIn Ninja Tricks uh, which went into some things that I didn't even know myself and uh, two I just wanted to maybe touch on that you might just maybe kind of give a top line on uh, which I think would be very interesting was there was one you gave a little tip of say individually promoting or you can individually promote your service in your LinkedIn experience section, and also a bit about the, the Boolean search and its power to help find leads.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Maybe, talk, maybe talk a little bit about them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, the individually promoting uh, your services, there's a couple of ways to do that. One, you know, if you were to take a look at, and I know you, you have, Phil, take a look yeah. at my LinkedIn profile, you'll see that I've got my top dog. Experienced position, then I've I've got I've got several different target markets. I've, I work with companies that have sales teams, and I go in and train their sales team on social selling. And then I work with individuals through you know some some services that I have as well as online courses, and so I break them down and, and highlight you know what each of those services are in a section all of its own. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I do is I also do speaking. Not so much in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, well, live speaking in, in, at conferences. So now yeah. everything's virtual. Yeah. Um, but I have a, a speaking section as a, as a whole other position. Just Melanie mm. Darrow is the speaker, and uh, where you know I can put that whole you know description of okay, here's what my keynote uh, talk consists of, the name of it, the description of it, the learning points. You know, here's a testimonial of somebody that's seen me speak. And so you can really add a lot more context and depth
1: Mm. when you're
2: breaking them out. Because if Mm. I was to talk about my company, talk about social media in one little 2000, you know, character section, well, I'm not going to really be able to, appeal to anybody because there's so many different things that I do, right? I, yeah. I actually also work with governments. <laughs> mm. Wow, yeah. So, yeah. you know, all of these are completely unique and different. And so you need to speak to to each one. Um, you don't need to, I don't have something uh, in my LinkedIn profile, but every single service I, I have, but I do have them both the core ones, right. you know, the main ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I just kind of—it was a very interesting tip because I think a lot of people, a lot of business, f- forget about that area. Yeah, um, you know, and the ability to kind of maybe utilize some of that that services expertise and to be able to talk about it in that section uh, that could further leverage potential opportunities or or help you with a LinkedIn connection if someone sees that you're you're talking about some of these things that they're interested in. So I, I thought it was a very it was a very interesting tip that you had kind of given that a lot of people maybe don't jump on As such.
2: You know, I think it's worth mentioning that a lot of times when I'm working with uh, companies and I'm not talking about them as clients, I'm talking about me as the client. So, Mm. you know, let's say I'm working with a company that does, you know, graphic design or does whatever. One of the things I always say to them, I'm like, what else do you do? Because a lot of times I never even know what Mm. the people that I work with do outside of what I've hired them to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, you did design PowerPoints. Great, great, great. You know, and so I just think of them as my PowerPoint designer. And then I, you know, I always like say, hey, what else do you do? Let me know so that I can hire you for additional things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to make sure that people are clear on, you know, the things that you do and the other areas that you might be able to help them.
1: Yeah, because, you know, if you don't highlight things that are important, other people are going to miss that. So having, you know, you just, a clarity in, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, you just end up going to somebody else for that service that you have a, a relationship with somebody that you would have thought of them first had
1: you known. Right. Yep. So, yeah. so uh, be be transparent in what you offer. Uh, you don't have to tell them everything, but maybe the main things that would, if they come to you say as a graphic, you know, for graphic design, then you might say, look, you know, I also, um, I'm a 3D printer designer or something as well. And they may need something like that. Say for example, they're a, a state agent or an architect. They might need and say, God, that's great because I can get my business cards there, but I also can get a 3D image of a house I'm designing at the moment or selling. So that would save them a lot of time and, uh, you know, it's another win for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just make it clear in everything that you do, your website, your LinkedIn profile, and even the conversations that you have with your clients.
1: So that like, with the, and then you were saying, Philip, about the Boolean ser- search, um, Hi, you know, maybe you can clarify yeah. that a bit now because people sometimes kind of go, what's that?
2: Yeah. So LinkedIn and Google has this uh, available too, when you're doing a search, but you know, on LinkedIn, when you're doing a search for somebody, so let's say if somebody was looking for a LinkedIn expert, um, they could type into the search, you know, LinkedIn expert, mm-hmm. when you put quotes around it, then LinkedIn and expert have to show up together instead of LinkedIn and expert in two different places in the profile. Mm-hmm. But, if I wanted to do a search um, and include, you know, and sales, so somebody who understood sales, you do that. Um, and I want to exclude people. So uh, let me give you a better example. So let's say, for example, I was looking for um, somebody who handled somebody that was a marketing leader. So maybe a vice president of marketing. So I could go VP marketing or put it in the or in between or SVP marketing. But not a consultant, so I could type in not consultant, not coach, because in this particular case, I'm wanting to find a marketing leader of a company, but not somebody that works for themselves individually, right? So you go, you can add the ands, the ors, or the nots. And you can also add the quotes around it to make sure that all those words that you're looking for show up together. Very good. Yeah, it's really, really powerful. Uh, because you can you can just refine and refine and refine your search. You'll never get a search on LinkedIn that's perfect. Hmm. I would say if you can get a search um, that you populated, you know, adding some Boolean filters, and it's 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 giving you about seventy to eighty percent targeted search. That's a good search because it'll never yeah. be a hundred percent, right? Hmm. There'll be yeah. people that sneak in because of something that they put in their profile yeah. um, that aren't a good fit. So if, as long as your search is, is populating 70 to 80% you know, targeted, then it's a fantastic search and worthwhile saving.
1: So does that mean um, stick with the Boolean search and not invest, say, in LinkedIn Sales Navigator? You
2: can use Boolean search even with Sales Navigator. Um, but Sales Navigator is only uh, ideal for, for people who lead generation and sales is their primary goal. Right, mm-hmm. that is that is what they need to do. And so, for sometimes, you know, I have a lot of people in my online course that uh, have invested in Sales Navigator because lead generation is a big part of you know what they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, Sales Navigator is ideal for salespeople. So, you know, if you're going to use Sales Navigator once in a blue moon, then why spend the money on it? Yeah. You know, but if lead generation and sales is your one of your top priorities, then it makes sense.
0: Perfect. Um, Melanie, we like this has been a fantastic chat and thank you so much again for for joining us. I think yeah, uh, I think we've got time for two more questions, Emer. Um I uh, can't believe we're nearly at the, the hour mark. So uh, I just wanted to ask this question, Melanie. Um we're obviously we're in a very strange, worrying kind of upheaval time for businesses with COVID, et cetera. Mm. Um is there any tips that you could say to maybe businesses listening today to help them build strong relationships with their LinkedIn connections as we're going through COVID and beyond?
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I shared with the people that, you know, the clients that I work with is... We have to be very, very, sen- our messaging needs to be very sensitive at this point in time, uh, mm-hmm. firstly. Secondly, people, and, and this is one of the things that I actually recommended to all the students in my online course. I'm like, I recommend that you cut expenses, cut the things out that you don't need. This, like COVID has been a perfect opportunity for businesses to trim fat. And we all have fat in our businesses. As an example, anybody in marketing, we pay for tons of different apps and, and tools, most of which we don't use, right? Mm. So I've been looking at all the tools I've been using and and trimming them. So, you know, what I've been really encouraging people to do, and this isn't obviously relevant for everybody um, that might be listening, but if your business helps people make money or save money, focus your messaging on that Mm -hmm. because those are the things that are top of mind for people right now. And so anywhere that you can, you know, convey messaging to help people make money or save money, um, you're going to have a lot more interest in. Yeah. So that,
1: that be also what you would, um, when it comes to like crafting LinkedIn posts, then yeah. you should actually think, how am I going to inspire action, you know, to get people maybe to engage on that and then hopefully want to engage further with you. What tips would you give regarding crafting a really good post then? So posts,
2: articles, videos, messages, it doesn't matter. Just making sure that it's very, very um, laser focused on the top of mind issues that your particular target market is having right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as an example, I'm working with one client whose target market is CFOs. I'm like, okay, well, why don't you create a, a content resource around, you know, how savvy CFOs are saving the day during COVID? Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to, first of all, that appeals to their ego. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, it's something that obviously is super top of mind for them, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. That they CFOs, as an example, have a much, have much more pressure right now. So what can you do to help them, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever that might be. Um, I'm working with another client who does, uh, marketing and fundraising for, um, nonprofits, and you know, so I suggested to him to create a a piece on fundraising during crisis. Yeah, you know, that's, and that's a good idea. So yeah, yeah, just you know, making sure that it's it's really topical and and what's top of mind for them. Yeah, you know, we can't try to create interest where there isn't interest. Hmm. It's too big of a job, as
1: well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have enough grey hair, Melanie. Well, exactly. You know, so you know.
1: So, you know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> as they say, Philip, I think we'll uh, we won't <laughs> go gonna, any further I'm with that. <laughs> <you> no. <know? laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, Melanie, I, I, it has been it, it has been fantastic to to have you on and to share your your wisdom with us so uh, so thank you yeah. so much for for coming on um, oh
2: it's been my pleasure i love listening to irish
1: people speak i love the accent so it's been <laughs> enjoyable <laughs> ah so so philip she won't be bored listening to you then <laughs>
0: well i'll send you over the personal dvd with all the jokes Melanie, oh i knew
1: he's going somewhere with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> um i suppose melanie um you know, you've got some fantastic courses and training, you know, where would you like people to go if they want to find out more about you and maybe try and, uh, you know, work with you or, you know, learn from you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to go is topdogsocialmedia.com. As you mentioned, Philip, I've got a, you know, a a blog where I'm regularly publishing uh, new content. So there's lots of free resources on the site uh, as well as information about the you know the different services, and then of course you know check out my books on Amazon. I have yep. another one coming out later this year, but LinkedIn Unlocked um, is is the most current one, and uh, you know, there's some great information in there as well. Brilliant, super.
0: Well, well, certainly, Melanie, if you are ever in Ireland again, do a look, Emer and myself up. You know, uh, we would love to say hello in person. And, I definitely,
1: uh, love that. yeah, and we um, we, Philip um, Spyan. <laughs> that's yours that's what you always say. That's what you
0: always say you know <laughs> um well i suppose all i have to say now is that if you enjoyed today's show you can catch it again and the other shows on the let's get social show podcast on podbean itunes spotify and of course the dublin south of m website so do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode and until next friday at 2 p.m i've been philip twyford the Curly Marketer.
1: And again, Melanie, thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you. And uh, as I say, do call over and see us. You know, you're only a hop over. You're only in the, you know, as you say, Central Europe. You know, that's only about, what, five minutes drive. Um, Do call over and see us. um, And uh, we'll get maybe to do a face-to-face sounds wonderful thank you guys so much for having me appreciate it our pleasure uh, pleasure and uh all i have to say is i've been Emer duffy of fit social media your social media personal trainer
0: and we will of course see you next time for more let's get social
1: see you then